Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pandola Project. I am your host, Matt Pandola. And I am Jake Parker here with your weekly dose of Monday Motivation. This is episode 42, Matt. We're here to talk about work ethic, which I know everything about, but I'm curious to know if you do, Matt, because I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You got me there. You got me there. I was expecting to get a compliment and, and you sabotaged me. Not today, buddy. No, yeah. So work ethic. I, I do take pride in what I do for a living because I love it and I am passionate about it. But yeah, Jake, so I think that it all starts with the right role models and the right examples in front of you. So if you're scrubbing a toilet and you're getting paid to do it, it should be sparkling, right? You better scrub it clean. Yeah. So military, man, there's a lot of that. You learn to take pride in the little things, and it's the it's not the training, it's the spaces between the training, as Bobby would say. It's very much like that in our lives when we're trying to achieve anything worth achieving. It's important that we're looking at the spaces between the tasks, the efforts, the, our days, our weeks, what's really happening there when nobody's looking. Yeah. And those are the things that you're going to fall back on when maybe you get into a position where you don't really know what you're doing, but you can kind of just work through it. That work ethic that you've built up, you'll be able to rely on that. That'll never leave you. One thing that Les taught me right from the very beginning is quit your whining. Yeah, and Les, oh man, if you haven't listened to that episode, that's our previous episode 41 with Les Nesbitt. His quote famous now is, there's no hill for a climber. And this is a lost art almost with, I wouldn't say a lot of people I know work hard, don't get me wrong. And I think that you can work smarter. There's definitely that side of things too. But when I say a lost art almost, it's almost frowned upon now just when you're looking at somebody like Les, who's an old salty, we call him, right? Like when I was hot shotting, <laughs> we'd call these guys that have been firefighting for years and years, we call them salties, old salties. They're grizzled and they talk like this. Exactly, mm -hmm. right. And that's kind of Les for you. And uh, the first time that I met Les to work with him, he had... Well, he was kind of calloused. He was kind of hard to get to know, but he also had this way about him that I knew he was a good dude. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that we just had to peel some layers back and get after it. But he was, I think, also intimidated to a degree because he wasn't used to asking for help. He was used to being the one in charge, the one who knew everything, the tough one. Self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. And so his background was just working a lot of hours for years and years out in the sun, just really beat himself up physically. And, and I think that it took its toll. He had a couple of heart attacks that we talked about in this last podcast. And, or I should say that his issues didn't really stop there. That's bad enough as it is, but he also had some breakdown with his body and especially through his knees. So we had a lot of work to do when he first came and started to work on the fundamentals. The fundamentals we'll be talking about in these future podcasts. I think that everyone would be excited to learn about some of the specifics about what we do from day one with a guy like Les, because I think that a lot of people out there 
need to start that way as well. Most likely, we can all benefit from reinforcing our base, so our stability, our mobility, our proprioception, you know, having better balance, these kind of things. But Les, man, he was just, he wasn't having any of that. He wanted to go pick up that heavy stuff over there. I must lift. Yeah, right. And I don't want to do this ballerina bowl, you Mm -hmm. know, but... He eventually got on board with it. And that in itself, though, was about learning a new work ethic. Yeah, it's not that the lift heavy things is bad. It's its own kind of hard work and work ethic. And I think that deserves respect. But even more so when you can be convinced of something that, you know, you want to do more flexibility and stability work and you're going to look like a ballerina when you've got, you know, grizzly old less. That's going to be hard to convince him to do. But once he believes in you, he'll buy it and he'll do the work because he's got that work ethic. Yeah. I mean, the bells and whistles are out there. And when you are lifting something heavy, it turns heads and people notice and it's impressive and that sort of thing. And of course, we all kind of like that recognition from time to time or I say we all, some people maybe don't uh, care, but I I do. I admit that. Sure, I do. Right? You Mm -hmm. just... but. I remember having that conversation with Les saying, going through the burn right now, having your muscles burn this way, it's hard. It's Don't tell me it's not hard. It's hard. You want to stop 30 seconds through this exercise, right? You, you, If I tell you, give me 30 seconds to a minute, and you're just doing a yielding isometric, and your muscles are just burning after 30 seconds especially, and you just want to stop, but you can. So that's your challenge, man. Show me how tough you really are. Good. That's a really good way to motivate somebody like that. That worked. So eventually... He less almost got like his return to sport PRs. Yeah. Right. So it was kind of cool because through his recovery, through his corrective exercise training, he was eventually setting new PRs in that training phase still. So you can see how well this eventually worked for him. So after about. I'd say two years is when we really notice significant differences with less. And that sounds like a really long time, but over the course of his lifetime to realize that he was going into training in his senior years, pretty deconditioned, pretty beat up, pretty broken up. And yeah, a lot of people would have taken a look at him and said, oh, that guy's, you know, he's a man. It's a man's man over there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, what does he need Matt for? But, you know, he had a bad ticker. He had bad joints. What kind of work ethic does somebody have in order to overcome and tackle obstacles that they're not necessarily good at or they're not necessarily passionate about doing, but will serve their why? Yeah, and not even just the work ethic alone, but also the humility that it takes to accept something like that. Maybe you've always heard that, oh, you you want to get stronger, you got to deadlift and bench press, and that's all you need. That's what a lot of people really think about when they hear exercise is just these types of things. So can you have good work ethic when all you do is bench press and deadlift? Yes, of course. But can you have it when you're looking kind of silly and you're standing on one leg on a BOSU ball with a purple band around your neck? <laughs> Hopefully you don't have a purple band around. <laughs> Please don't don't do that at home. Don't put a purple band around your neck. <laughs> a shoulder. That's what I meant. Shoulder. Oh, and uh, just I'm, I have to admit I've kind of 
been watching some silly stuff on YouTube lately. I think it's called Jim Fails. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ooh. It can be so addicting. And it also, that makes me cringe, though. Like, (sighs) some of these people, you're like, how are you still alive? So what this is, you guys can look up Jim Fails, but it's just basically somebody's either attempting a lift that's just, it's too much, too heavy, and uh, they either collapse under the weight, which that's that stuff is more, okay, I mean, that's understandable to me a little bit more. Um, sometimes that can just happen when especially going for a new PR, and that's more about did you have the right spotter, did you have the right support system around you, and did you do a proper progression to get to that weight? Those kind of things. But then there's other things where, yeah, you see just some goofy stuff where you're just shaking your head. Like, how do people think that this is going to serve them in any way? And you will. You'll There's some video that you're going to find with some kind of band wrapped around somebody's neck, and uh, they're just trying not to choke by the end of it. It's crazy what you see. Uh, and these are kind of like blooper reels and just what people catch other people doing. Sometimes I feel bad laughing at him because I'm like, oh, okay, this guy really doesn't know any better and he is in serious danger of hurting himself with this. But yeah, I've even seen, you know, some guy had a band around his forehead and was doing like a neck press with it, just like bobbing his head back and forth. (laughs) Well, you know, well, anyways, moving, moving on here, we're talking about what we can do to have better work ethic. And So yeah, Jake, the name of this episode would be Work Ethic. So I'm going to talk about what it is that I feel has helped to serve me get through my career, maybe with a little bit of work that is actually, in my mind, work, real work. And the rest of it was really, well, this is something that I like to think of as a privilege or I get to do this kind of attitude. Very nice. Right. And so that, and that may sound like, okay, he's just trying to sound motivational, but it really does work to think about things like that. I get to do this. And I tell this to my athletes all the time. You get to compete today. You get to be out here doing your intervals or hitting your reps today, whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish or even if it's just doing their movement improvement, you get to do this right now. So is this really work for you or do you see it as work? Another way to think of it would be open versus closed mindset, right? So how am I going to have an open mindset about obstacles in front of me that I consider to be quote unquote work? Well, first of all, I'm going to compare it to what? So looking back in my life at my career, almost nothing can happen to me now now that will completely tear me apart or tear me down when it comes to work because I feel like my hardest days have got to be behind me at this point. And of course, I, I always set new goals for myself and sometimes more than I probably should. And then I think to myself, why did I give myself this much work to mm-hmm. do again? You don't have to do this to yourself, but it's also a part of you know, my nature, I guess. So just thinking back, and this is now going back to when I started my business with Pandola Training, there were a lot of days where I didn't want to necessarily be there anymore. I wanted to be able to 
leave, maybe go and check out a movie or just decompress somehow, even go out for a run. But back then, part of what kept me going was the idea that there was nothing else in my life that I really was this passionate about that I wanted to do as much as I wanted to do this. So compared to what, what I used to think to myself is, okay, if I stop doing this because I don't have enough clients to be comfortable right now, or I am honestly working all the time. I was working a lot in, in my first three years all the time, but I had made the mistake of getting too big too soon, so to speak. So even though I was, I'd get into the gym and this was even before you met me, Jake, at five in the morning, sometimes earlier. And heck, I mean, the first two years, really, I was living under my stairs. Right. So I was already in the gym. <laughs> there was, there would call my clients to knew to knock on the door under the stairs. In fact, one of them, she still trains at the gym with my wife to this day. And Tina, I know you listen, so shout out to you. And thank you for being with us all these years. You've helped us support the system and uh, and we wouldn't be here without you. So, But she used to actually sometimes come knock on my door. Because, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> wake up. You know, she'd be maybe getting, starting to warm up and, and she knew I was in there. So, so my point to all this, Jake, is what's important to us and why is it important? And if your why is strong enough, and I feel like you're always going to find a way, a way to get there to do it. But- sabotage is right around the corner mediocrity there's so many paths and it's so distracting and i am not judging anybody who gets sucked in by that or goes down that other path because there's least resistance kind of thing and but you know it's never too late get back on that that path that you should be on because i tell you what this is, if you listen to nothing else in this podcast today, at least to me is, you know, you've heard that expression. I've never had to work a day in my life. Yeah, I've heard it. Right. That's, that's complete bull. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. Of course, <laughs> of course I have to work still. Right. Yeah. It's not that good, dude. Right. But I still, I still maybe, I don't know if I say it, but I, I, I definitely probably have said it before. And just, it's mainly because I think in my mind, I do, I feel so blessed that I don't really think of it at work, but you still have to you you have to grind it out sometimes for sure and so this past weekend i was lucky enough to be with the barbell medicine guys which if you're ever wanting some more well get kind of getting down the rabbit hole a little bit further with physiotherapy and that sort of thing so you know we were over there with about 20 other people learning this weekend from the barbell medicine guys and uh man i tell you what i was so impressed with just those uh, the the 20 people that were there giving up their weekends and uh these seminars went eight in the morning till six at night with about an hour break it was just straight through um both saturday and sunday you know people are flying in uh and staying the weekend giving up their entire weekend just so they can be one percent better at what they do when they get back to work the clients uh, of those people are, are lucky and i really respect the kind of work ethic that these people have but what i also come to acknowledge and and to see is that it's not a coincidence either so what i'm trying to say though is that 
by putting yourself in these situations where there's going to be more expected of you and you're maybe you're asked questions all weekend that's challenging you both mentally and just spiritually or however you want to think of that to where you know what are what is your thought process like what have you put into your clients or into your profession, whatever it may be, what have you put into your passion lately? What have you done for me lately? Right. And so these kind of questions are hard to answer sometimes and certainly reminded me, you know what, I think I can challenge myself to do more. And so then it's starting to go back to my templates and how can I uh, help my clients and serve my clients by making these templates that much more specific or that much better for this particular person or for this group of athletes that I work with, et cetera. So this is something that I feel like is almost lost a lot of times. If you go to a seminar or if you read a new book or if you challenge yourself and yes, it might be in your off time, it might be on your weekends, it might it's gonna give you so much more back and you're gonna come back excited or if you've been reading a new book, you're gonna to start to implement, especially if this book has something to do with where you wanna be stronger. And yes, it's more work up front, that, that dreaded word work, but what it gives back to you is not work anymore and it makes it feel like not as much work anymore. And that is the secret, I think, to it all, the secret sauce. So in a weird way, when you do these things that require more work, it becomes easier. Does that oh, make sense? Absolutely, man. That rings true so much for me. And I, I really got to commend you and the group of people over at Nevada Physical Therapy. That's amazing to give up your weekend and not just a weekend, but like long days of a weekend to go and sit at a seminar. That's great. But that's really what the world expects of a lot of professionals now is like just getting the job done is not good enough anymore. And it's those people with that kind of work ethic who really get singled out and rise above the rest. And that will provide so many more opportunities in their futures and yours because you do things like that rather than just going through the motions, you know, just getting the baseline done, you're doing extra. And I think that's a key tenant of a good work ethic is how much more are you willing to do when maybe you don't 100% have to, no one's forcing you to do it, but you know it's the right thing and it'll pay off in the long run. That's a solid work ethic. I still have to look at the man in the mirror. So this is, you said uh, that you commend me for that and I appreciate that, but really I, I said before spiritually, but you know, this is maybe the moral compass, maybe is a better way to think of this. And when I think about what kind of moral compass that I wanna live by, these are things that my clients expect out of me. So when they hire me to do this or to, you know, this is what I need help with, right? And so I'm trusting that you are going to either have the answers or find out the answers or refer me to somebody who does, right? So the more that I can understand, the more that I learn about what I need to do, the better I can serve them. But it's up to me because let's face it, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about uh, the barbell medicine guys. They're actually really funny guys. And um, 
we were talking last night. They were doing Q and A, and they're actually drinking scotch while they're talking. And <laughs> our questions. I don't know why that just. And, and John Hodges, uh, he grabbed some scotch too. And uh, I was thinking, man, I I would, but I'm such a lightweight, I wouldn't be able to drive home. <laughs> yeah, <so>. careful. <laughs> These guys weren't driving home, by the way. Good. So. Anyway, so I uh, was listening to them uh, talk about these these subjects a little bit more, and it was something where I was kind of blown away really by the specifics where these guys were really going down some rabbit holes. And I was just thinking to myself, how many hours have you put in just learning this type of information and then practicing it and learning it and practicing and relearning it and practicing and making it better and sharpening and sharpening and sharpening and getting to the point where you can have this kind of information that you just spout out to us, like just off the top of your tongue. Confidently, it's practiced and polished. You're not stumbling through it. And it's not made up, right? right. So, <laughs> so and, that's, and that's why I'm laughing too, because these guys, uh, they don't pull any punches, man. And they're just talking about how most quote unquote experts are just, they're just making stuff up, mm-hmm. man. They're Until just, somebody calls them out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course I never would purposely make anything up, um, as I'm talking to somebody, but there's always that sort of, I'm supposed to have the answers mm-hmm. and I don't want to just leave this person empty handed. Like I want to give, have something to walk away with if they came to me with questions and stuff. But I have learned over the years that if I don't know, I can find out. I don't need to have all the answers right now, those type of things. But we, as a society, I think we've gotten really sucked into all of these answers that are clearly out there at our fingertips. And when we Google something, we assume that this information is right. And I think we assume that too often. It's easy to assume, especially when you see more than one Google result that's like corroborating one another. And you're like, oh, okay, so uh, this really does help you burn more fat. I guess I'll give this a shot. So how are we tying this all into work ethic? So get to the point where these guys like John Metzger, Les Nesbitt, uh, Dr. Albertson, Naomi Albertson, who I want to get her on the podcast, by the way, uh, John, of course, John Hodges, you know, there's so many people out there that I just, I have so much respect for, and I consider them to be gurus. The fact is they probably wouldn't consider themselves to be gurus because they're always white belt mentality. Isn't it interesting how that so often is the case, how the ones who really can pull it off don't take the credit? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's it, it's that's in, in itself. I think we could have a whole conversation about that. Mm-hmm. But how are we going to improve, and what kind of work ethics can we follow or instill in ourselves to to serve others? I think is kind of the main theme. I honestly believe that when you're doing something that's more altruistic, odds are you're going to thrive and do more. Because you don't feel necessarily the amount of burden or work involved, especially when you're trying to help others and it's not about you. You know, Matt, not to prop myself up too much, but I've got an example where I think that's what I was doing. Back when I was a trainer for you, I had the certifications that we needed and all my bases were covered, but I started to be presented with uh, athletes that were injured and, you know, some of the more common ones. And then every now and then you'd get one that I really didn't know how to help. And so on my quest to try and help serve these athletes better, I 
took time out of my personal days and I got certified in the corrective exercise. I got a TRX certification and that was all with the goal of being able to provide a better service to these people who were paying me to help them. And did I have to do that? No, I probably could have been just the average trainer who just kind of faked it and, oh, well, that didn't work. We'll try something else. And I'm just shooting in the dark and guessing. But I wanted to do it right because these people were doing right by me and they were paying me to do it. Yeah. And you mentioned certifications. Those are okay. It's like winning a medal, right? Yeah. But when I was younger, those certifications were so much more important to me. But what I like about the story or, or love about that is the process, right? You're trying to learn more, understand more for your clients. And it's not about the certification. It's more about what you learned for that client by getting that certification. Yeah, there was a literal purpose to it and it, it paid off. Uh, hopefully it paid off for them, not for me. Well, and this is something with less being somebody that I truly just look up to and he's a role model of mine. I never would have even gotten to know him if it hadn't been for his health, his condition, and what I had to learn in order to help him. And that's what allowed me to build a relationship with Les that ended up being probably one of the closest relationships in my life outside of my, my wife and my daughter. And I also learned from guys like John Metzger, who he's in the next podcast coming up. You guys definitely listen in on those as well. But John had a ranch and we used to sometimes go out there and just kind of have a retreat a couple of days where you don't have to worry about doing much at all. You can go fishing, go hiking, go hunting, Love do whatever that. you want, mm -hmm. right? And uh, although I don't do really any of those things, <laughs> uh, the hiking part maybe a little more, but so I would take my bike and do long bike rides and things like that. But the point is it was nothing out there just you know, just relax. Right. So then I'd come back and I, you know, I'd be on fire work harder than ever. So, you know, just want to throw in there that absolutely you need to recover and you need to give yourself some downtime. And so that allows you to put in a better day. So I remember that John told me, and this is a guy that had accomplished a lot in his life. And I really respected where he came from, what he did. And he told me that I had to take it easy. I had to give myself a weekend here and there and do nothing, do nothing at all. And he was absolutely right. He kept me from burning out because I had a phobia back then. I went my first three years without taking a day off. And that's not an exaggeration. Although I wouldn't really say I could take that back because that's really what I had to do. There wasn't a lot of options. I had to do that to pay the bills and to also grow a business. It was also word of mouth. You're not going to say no to any new business in the beginning, especially when you still have all of this overhead and bills to pay. So it kind of is what it is, but after that period of time when I had enough staff and I had enough people to sort of help to take care of the gym and, and things were flowing a little bit better on their own, then I could take a weekend off here and there. So John taught me that and I thought, geez, I can't ever relax if I do my whole business is going to go under. And here was a successful person in business that kind of taught me the other side of that and saying, no, 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 you need to take some time to enjoy yourself, relax, learn how to play a new card game this weekend, just something silly like that. 
and that now I'm thinking about that card game during the week and thinking about how much fun I had. And that gives me some fire in my belly to be able to get through the next few months even, right? So that's important to remember, but I just wanna like finish off with this. Whatever it is that you're doing, know that it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be challenging. There's supposed to be friction. Absolutely there is, man. Because even when it's not that pleasant in the moment and it's hard to see the end goal when you have challenges and that friction, without it, life would be way too stale. We don't want to live in this utopia because the first thing we would do is we would tear it down. We need those challenges. Those help us grow. You'll discover new paths that you can take when you have those hurdles and you have to find new ways to get around them. Sometimes it'll force you to learn a new skill more maybe it's just as simple as showing you a new way to think about things but all of these can be seen as positives when you have that work ethic to back you up so there's a quote out there by a philosopher seneca am i saying that right jake that's seneca. how i've always said it yep yeah so he says a gem cannot be polished without friction nor a man without trials so of course to all you females out there just it's that's his quote and so i think that that should apply to a person but this is the point Let's stop looking at friction or at these trials that come, these things that get in our way, so to speak, and we think of them as obstacles instead of thinking, wow, I get to overcome this right now. I get to be challenged by this. I can, I am going to overcome this friction, for example, and get stronger from it. So this is the mentality that I like to try to have. There's no hill for a climber. These are the lessons that we've learned, and we'd love to hear what kind of friction you have in your life. What do you see as being hard work, and how are you overcoming obstacles? How are you working harder to achieve a better version of yourself and hopefully serving others. And what's your why? What's your goal that this work ethic is helping you achieve? Let us know. You can email us at pendolaproject at gmail.com and you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. So remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to climb that hill. Thanks for listening. <laughs>